This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Uh, Happy Father's Day, all you fathers. I know, yeah, right. Yes, uh, you know, I was thinking, on this day, perhaps more than any on our calendar, it's fitting that we should pay homage to the guy. No one has ever gone on an adventure anywhere close to the adventure that Jesus went on when he packed it up in heaven and came to earth knowing for sure he was going to die. Guys, put yourself in that that place for a minute. Have you ever been on it? No, you haven't or you wouldn't be here. But think about it. If you were going to go on an adventure that you knew would mean certain death. There was no way out of it. He packed it up and went anyway. Because he knew what his death would mean for all of us. I think on this Father's Day, that there, there, it's just so fitting that when we celebrate everything guys, it's so fitting to remember that above all other guys who have ever walked the face of this earth, there is that one guy, Jesus Christ. Are you with me on that? Absolutely. That's right. He deserves a hand. Absolutely. He is the guy. And all the rest of us do our best through the power of God's Spirit to walk in His steps. What a great way to live. If you're a father this morning, would you stand? We want to recognize the really important role that you play in our world. So would you recognize the fathers this morning? Guys, stay standing, please. I know you want to sit down, but I want to pray for you. Father, as a church, we pray for the fathers who are standing here and the ones that will be here later today and the ones that can't be here today. Uh, Father, would you speak into their lives such a powerful message of affirmation? Would you give them grace to see the tremendous role that you've given to them? And would you help all of us to step into that role with a confidence that can come only from being next to you? And in those areas where we struggle, would you speak into our lives victory and bring into our lives people and resources that can help us so that our weaknesses are not magnified in our our kids and children, but that that, uh, those resources could help those weaknesses Uh, Father, to become strengths. And would you help us to be able to pass on to our children a fantastic legacy. Father, bless these fathers, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Guys, go ahead and grab a seat. i got to get set up for a little object lesson here that we're going to do in a minute. So I want to say a special good morning to those of you who are here for the very very first time. Uh, as I was praying about this service, God said, you know, it would be great to remind everyone that every one of God's children is equally welcome here. So whether this is your first time here or you come here all of the time, the welcome mat is rolled out equally for everybody. Are you on board with that? Absolutely. We are God's kids. And so I want to say welcome to you. One of the things that we do in this church which really helps um, 
us to do what God has called us to do is uh, we love to know who's here. We like to give everyone a chance to submit a prayer request, to request information and so forth. So if all of us would take out the Start Here card, if you haven't put your name and your contact information down there in the contact information box, please do. Uh, especially if you're here for the first time and we don't have your contact information, uh, if you would trust us with that, we just want to help you get connected with God, and uh, that really helps us get that done. At the end of the service, we'll pass baskets, and uh, you can put those in. On the back side of the card, there's a place uh, where you're going to have several opportunities or options to apply what I'm going to teach you today, uh, so you can get that ready for the end of our teaching. And then last of all, if you would uh, take a moment and pull out the teaching notes and get ready to fill in those blanks. Uh, I want to talk to you just a moment. I know Kevin's going to talk to you about it later, and he's going to fill it out a lot more completely. But uh, we are going to do a sermon series starting next week called Summer of Love. It is awesome. And Justin, can you uh, throw up the... I know I'm throwing you a curveball, but if you could uh, put on the video screens the, the logo for... Don't you love that? That is awesome, all right? We're going to talk about the summer of love, and we're going to be doing that all summer long. And, and I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss any any one of that series. We have some fun things that we're going to do. I see Joe Chatterton wore his tie-dye t-shirt just for that today, so there you go. Um, but that that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Now today, we're wrapping up this series called Future Family, and it's been a fun series. When we started out, on Mother's Day, I said our goal is that all of our families would take a step forward, a huge step, that we wouldn't just uh, listen to sermons and go home and be the same. And I have to tell you that the feedback that I'm getting consistently from person after person and family after family, uh, it is it has made a huge difference. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited about that. Um, I had somebody say to me, especially after Monica and I talked quite a bit last Sunday about how to train your children and how to train them for first-time obedience, and and uh, one of the mothers was walking up the hallway, this back hallway, with her little toddlers, and, and she said to to her toddlers, now you stay behind me when we walk up the hallway, and one of them just ran right out in front of her. She reached out, she got a hold of that little toddler's uh, arm, turned that child around, made that child look her in the face and said, I said to you, you walk behind me. And this little girl turned right around, got behind her mother and walked like she should. And uh, one of our staff members was watching that and she said, you know, I've never seen that mother do that before. And she had not heard the message yet. So then she came and heard the message. She understood. And she said to me, I don't think that New Life's preschool kids know what's hit them yet. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It's been a wonderful week of training and developing children. Now today, I want to talk to you about something that's, re- boy, it's from my heart, okay? We're going to talk about this concept of leaving a legacy for our children. It's a super important concept, and, and so let's go to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. Here's what Proverbs 13, 22 says. It says, good people leave an inheritance. And if you go up and if you go back and you look at what that word inheritance means, it literally means a legacy. It's not good, good people leave a, a bank account for their kids or a whole bunch of toys that their kids can fight over, but good people 
leave a legacy to their grandchildren, not just to their children. They live in such a way that, that their life affects the coming generations. Now you can see this in the life of, of a great hero of mine, Joshua, in the Bible. Because at the very end of his life, the writer of the book of Joshua made this observation. The people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua, but it didn't end there, and of the elders who outlived him. So long after Joshua was dead and gone to heaven, his legacy was continuing to bless this nation of Israel. And that's really the the question that we're going to unpack this morning. And I'm going to ask it two different ways with the same words. We'll emphasize a different thing. But the key question for the morning is this. How can I maximize the legacy I leave to my family? And to begin with, we're going to talk about the legacy. Because you're going to leave something with your family and a, and a, somebody a lot wiser than me one time noticed and said that life is like a tea bag. Okay? The waters of time pass through it. The taste remains. I have two different tea bags here. They look pretty much the same. Okay? They're just tea. And when you and I are born, everybody gets 24 hours in every day. Everybody gets seven days in every week. Everybody gets a body that looks and works pretty much like everybody everybody else's body. You know, the ground is fairly level when it comes to humanity. But you know, there's an interesting observation to make when it comes to what we do with that. Because when the, when the waters of time pass through one tea bag and then they pass through another, the result is often very different. The water is the same. The time is the same. But as you observe these two, you will notice one turns the water brown and the other turns the water red. And if you were to taste them, they would taste very differently. Why is that the case? I just want you to understand the principle of the tea bag and how it, re- and how it relates to life. Principle number one is this. What's in the bag comes out in the water. That's pretty simple, right? When you go to the store and, and you buy English breakfast tea, you're hoping that what's in the bag comes out in the water, correct? Yeah. Principle number two is this. did have another cup up here somewhere. But principle number two is this. Long after the bag is removed, the flavor remains. And friends, long after you are gone from this earth, the flavor of your life will continue to influence people. The question is, what's that flavor going to be? What kind of legacy will you leave? And I'm going to pass on to you a principle that sounds so simple. At first you're going to think, why is he wasting my time with that? But I want to unpack it for us a little bit. And here it is. In order to leave a great legacy, I have to become what? A great person. 
Friends, I cannot tell you how many times people want to be normal, ordinary, everyday Joe, average people who do what everybody else does, but they want to leave a great legacy for their family. Friends, you cannot be an average person and leave a great legacy. Because what's in the bag comes out in the water. Whatever you become, whatever you allow into your life, whatever you treasure in your heart, whatever you invest your resources in, whatever you put your heart and soul into, whatever occupies your time, whatever responses that you give, all of those things are what's in the bag. All of those things are what you put in your heart. And if you want to leave a great legacy for your children and for your grandchildren, make up your mind right now, I will never settle for being an average person. My goal from this moment on in my life is to be a great person. Does that make sense to everybody? I know, that was a really hearty amen right there. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah, it's a little too close to home. Because we settle for average but want to leave a a, a fantastic legacy. Whatever's in the bag comes out in the water. So let's put something great in the bag. And that's really what this whole family series is about. And it's how do I put great stuff in the bag? We get more concerned with what we pack into our children than what we put into ourselves. Friends, you don't leave a legacy by what you put in your kids. You leave a legacy by what you put in your life. And then that becomes what you pass on to your children. So that has to do with the quality of the legacy. That's how can I maximize the legacy, recognize that principle. The remainder of the morning, we're going to talk about three things that will help you maximize that legacy. There are three principles that if you capture the power of these principles, and they're all taught in Scripture, you will maximize the legacy that you leave. So let's talk about those. The first is learning how to capture the power of the one. In Exodus, we find Moses, who's leading the nation of Israel. There's this interesting little passage about the relationship between Moses and Joshua. The Bible says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would would remain behind in the tent of meeting. When the nation of Israel was led out of the land of Egypt and they got to the the base of Mount Sinai and Moses was going to go up on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, you know something? He took Joshua with him. As you read through the life of Moses, you recognize that Moses was leading millions, but he was mentoring one. Moses understood the power of the one. He understood that he could teach the masses, but he also understood that when it came to training his successor, when it came time to to, uh, training the person to whom he would leave those millions and leave his legacy Nothing would take the place of one-on-one time. Parents, I want to talk to you about your kids. 
and your grandkids. It's easy to think of your family as a unit. But your family unit is actually made up of individual people. And if you're going to leave a legacy, your legacy by and large will not be left by what you do with the group as a whole. Your legacy for each of those individual people in your family will more than likely be defined by the times that you were with them one-on-one. It's huge. My father was wonderful at this. When I was a senior in high school, there were any number of ways I could have gotten to school. My father, who was a very busy man and was a president of a Bible college and and also taught in that Bible college and was a full-time pastor, my father chose to drive me to school every day. My older brother was gone. He was graduated. He had moved on. And so it was just my dad and me. And we lived about 20 minutes from my high school. And we had 20 minutes, five days a week, to be in the car. Now looking back on it, at the time I didn't realize it. I was just getting to school, right? But looking back on it, last Sunday, one of the principles that I taught you, my father gave to me while we were riding in the car as he was taking me to high school. Okay, so that was in, no, I shouldn't tell you this, why we're doing the Summer of Love, 1969, right? Okay, so we're talking over 40 years ago, and that principle, that flavor still remains in my life, and it guides not only me as I raised my children, it guides me as, as I invest in my grandchildren, and now it's helping guide a whole congregation of people, many of whom will never meet my father. But he understood the power of the one. And whether it's your children, or it's your grandchildren, or it's your nieces and nephews, those of you who are aunties and uncles, look for opportunities to get with the coming generation one-on-one and just love on them. And visit with them and talk with them. And it's amazing what will take place. Because the biggest part of our legacy is going to be what we pass on to the coming generation when we're with them one at a time. The second way to maximize our legacy is to capture the power of the moment. Okay? The Bible says this in Colossians chapter 4. It says, make full use of every opportunity. And I've taught you before that opportunities come with a thing called windows. And when the window passes, the opportunity is gone. And as you're working with the coming generations, you have these wonderful windows of opportunity. I call them teachable moments. And people who leave a great legacy learn how to seize those teachable moments. And in those teachable moments, tremendous things take place. The principle I taught you last week that I learned when I was in the car riding to high school with my dad. We lived out in the country. I can still remember where we were. I can remember we pulled out of our driveway. We lived on a gravel road. We pulled up a hill and we started down the next hill. And my dad said to me, you know, son, 
If life goes for you as it normally goes for most people, sometime in the next few years, you're going to meet the woman who will be your partner for life. You're going to fall in love with her. You're going to get married. And you're going to have children. Yeah? He said, I want you to know something. If you teach your children their proper place in your home and you train them to be in that proper place, you will have happy kids and a happy home. And you will love being a dad. But if you don't teach your children their proper place in your home and they don't stay there, you will not have happy kids. They will yell and scream and throw fits and make life miserable, and you will not have a happy home, and you will not enjoy being a dad. Forty-four years later, that principle still guides me, still guides how I teach. Were there any kids around? No. It was purely and simply a teachable moment. He captured it. Let's go a generation later. I'm sitting in the airport with Angela. Angela's 19 years of age. At that time, we're in the Honolulu airport, and she's getting ready to board a plane and go back to college, and I'm getting ready to go home. And so I'm sitting across from her, and we've got about 40 minutes before she has to actually go in and board the plane. And so we're sitting in this line of people, and, and so she was sitting right across from me in a different line of people. And uh, she looks at me, and she says, Dad, how do you know when a guy is the right guy for you? Now, it was a wonderful conversation, and it was a teachable moment, but what I will never forget was the guy sitting right beside Angela. It was a guy in his 40s, maybe early 50s. He was reading the paper, and he had been very busy reading the paper. And for the next 30 minutes, as Angela and I talked back and forth about the whole concept of dating and selecting a mate and how you would know and so forth, he never turned another page. He was just listening. Capture the power of a teachable moment. Just don't let it slip by. And friends, they come by more often than you think. Pray to God. Say, God, help me when I'm working with my children, when I'm working with my grandchildren, even when I'm going to be babysitting my, my niece or my nephew today. Would you, would you help me to see those teachable moments? And then with tenderness, but, but confidence, reach out and take hold of that moment and turn it into what it could be. So that when that child goes through life, they're taking a piece of my legacy with them. The third thing that you and I can do that will really capture this concept of a lasting legacy is to capture the power of momentum. Here's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6. It says, Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. 
I'm pretty sure that most of us struggle to remember, well, a principle that Monica and I talked about uh, last week. And the principle is, it's small amounts of time invested over a long period of time that actually shape people's lives. It's not the big events that we do. It's the little things that we do day after day after day after day that eventually have the lasting effect. I'm going to read to you an excerpt out of Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. And here's what he says. Picture a huge, heavy flywheel, a massive metal disc mounted horizontally on an axle about 30 feet in diameter. I mean, we're talking huge. It weighs probably somewhere around 5,000 pounds or two and a half tons. Now imagine your task is to get that wheel rotating on its axle as fast as you can and for as long as possible. Pushing with great effort, you get the flywheel to inch forward almost imperceptibly at first. You keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and after two or maybe three hours of persistent effort, you get the flywheel to complete one revolution. You keep pushing, and the flywheel begins to move a bit faster. Three turns and then four turns, and five, and ten, and it builds momentum, then at some point, breakthrough. The momentum of the thing kicks in your favor. It's own heavy weight working for, for you. You're pushing no harder than you did during the first rotation, but the flywheel goes faster and faster. Each turn of the flywheel builds on the work done earlier, compounding your investment and your effort. Now suppose someone came along and asked, what's the one big push that caused this thing to go so fast? You wouldn't be able to answer. It's actually a nonsensical question. Was it the first push, the second, the fifth, the hundredth? No. It was all of them added together in an overall accumulation of effort applied in a consistent direction. I want to talk to you about two things. I think you get the principle of the flywheel. But often I talk about a family meal. Now you understand why I'm talking about the family meal? I said last week, Monica and I, With our children, we ate five family meals at night together virtually every week of their childhood. We also ate breakfast together. Those were times of just consistently pushing on the wheel. We had family devotions every day, virtually every day. We were pushing on the wheel. Monica got this great idea when the kids were in junior high that they actually talked more if the setting was correct. So most evenings, I kid you not, most evenings we ate by candlelight when our kids were in junior high and high school. 
You know what we're doing? Just pushing on the wheel. When you take a Bible and you read to a child, no matter whether they're 2, 12, or 18, you're pushing on the wheel. When you pray with a child, one-on-one, you're pushing on the wheel. When you pray as a family, you're pushing on the wheel. When you take your family and you put them in the car and you bring them to church, you're pushing on the wheel. When you get in the car on the way home and you say, hey, what did we learn today? You're pushing on the wheel. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Don't be weary in doing what's good. And the more times you push on the wheel and the more times you genuinely care about the answer that your child gives, the more times that you schedule one-on-one with your child, the more times you capture the power of a teachable moment, you just push it on the wheel. And at some point, the momentum kicks in your favor and your 19-year-old daughter sits across from you and now the momentum is in your direction and she says, hey dad, I have a question for you. You know how many parents would love to teach their kids about dating but they don't have a decent relationship with their kid so it's yap, yap, yap. And the kid doesn't listen. That's because they're trying to start the flywheel when their kid's 16. Push on the flywheel. So if you capture the power of the one and you capture the power of the moment and you capture the power of momentum, you put that all together, then long after you're out of the picture, the flavor of your life continues to bless the coming generation. So what can we do about that this week? Well, I've got, I think I have... Five things down there for us. Let's take a look at those five. And by the way, I want to say right up front, please don't check all five. I'll know you're lying to me. Okay? You can't possibly do all five. I want you to, I'm going to pray for you. And when I'm praying for you, I want you to ask God to reveal one or two that you can take a, a great step in today because our goal prior to this is that our families would be different. Our goal today is that our families would be different forever. Okay? A lasting legacy. Number one, schedule one one-on-one time each week with a member of my family. You know, that would be awesome if you would just make this a part of your schedule. What member of my family am I going to schedule one-on-one time with this week? By the way, if you don't put that in your calendar, it will not happen. Correct? Okay? So just start building that into your life. Okay, is it going to be my wife? Is it going to be this child, this child, this child? Is it going to be this grandchild? Is it going to be this niece, this nephew? In what way am I going to mentor somebody from my family one-on-one this week? And if that becomes a habit, 52 times a year, you're pushing on somebody's wheel. That's great. The second thing you could do is this. You could intentionally look for at least three teachable moments this week. Time out. Teachable moments do not work with husbands and wives. Everybody on board with that? 
Dear, I'm so glad the pastor talked about a teachable moment. Would you sit down while I talk to you? You'll be in my office talking to me after that. Okay? But look for teachable moments in the coming generation. Look for at least three of them. The third thing that you could do is this. You could pray three times this week for consistency in your life. Most parents that I know of, myself included, Monica included, one of the biggest things that most parents struggle with is being consistent. Okay? You know, when you push it on the flywheel, every time you push in the opposite direction, the wheel begins to slow down, right? You're fighting against what you're trying to do. So consistency. So pray three times this week for consistency. And then always in this church, we love to give these two options. Number one, if you're not on board with following Christ, if you haven't made the decision to become a Christian and follow Christ for the rest of your life, well, this is be the morning to do it. And I would encourage you, do that this morning. God's been working in your life. You, you've heard something this morning. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with what I've said this morning, but it's something that God's been stirring in your soul. Make that decision today. Check that option on your Start Here card, and we'll walk you through that process because, boy, that's what launches you forward in a life of change and transformation. It's the greatest thing you could ever do. And for those of us this morning that maybe we haven't been to church in a while or we haven't been walking with with Jesus like we know we should and our life has been anything but what it should be, this would be a great morning for us to return. Let's pray. Father, I pray for my friends. We've had so much fun exploring this concept of family and future family. And and today we're talking about uh, something I know is dear to your heart. Would you speak to my friends right now? Would you show them which of these options would be the most effective in their life for this coming week? Would you guide them? Would you give them faith to check it? And then, Father, would you give them persistence to follow through? I pray in your name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.